But now, we're going to talk about Israel rejecting peace. We're going to talk very briefly about this. Uh, the peace plan that was proposed by Hamas, this three-phase peace plan. Uh, so, in phase one, and we're going to talk about the, the phases, because this is a, a new proposal. There, there was another opportunity for peace in Gaza that was sort of passed up on. But now we have this, and I think that it's worth bringing up. It's, it's always worth bringing up peace in Gaza as an option, so that, you know, we're reminded that it is an option. And that these savage barbarians uh, aren't all that savage or barbarian. Uh, you're just fighting a war. <laughs> uh, people, people love to forget Israel was fighting a war with these people for the entirety of their existence. You know, but alas, we, we've gone over how the war did not start on October the 7th. Uh, and October the 7th has actually, the, the more you look at it and the farther away from it we get, the more we're able to look at it with some clarity. And you see that Hamas actually killed fewer civilians. The ratio of military to civilian deaths that was inflicted by Hamas on October the 7th was significantly better than the ratio that Israel is achieving throughout the entirety of its response. So, to call October the 7th barbaric, uh, if you're going to call October the 7th barbaric, then you have to understand that is, if that's barbaric, then by comparison it is civilized. To what compared to what Israel's doing in Gaza now, where they're they're not even trying to hit Hamas, they're just killing civilians at, almost at random, which is why the death tally in Gaza, when you break it down from adult by adult men, adult women, and by children, it roughly parallels the demographic makeup of Gaza as a whole, which can only be possible if you're not even trying to target the adult men specifically Hamas, but if you're just bombing people at random. I'll digress. There's been a peace proposal put forth by Hamas, who, uh, and they've they've laid this out, this peace plan, this three-phase peace plan. Now, in phase one, there'd be a ceasefire lasting 45 days, where all Israeli women and men under under the age of 19, men under the age of 19, all Israeli women, and all the men under 19 along with the elderly and the sick, would be released from captivity, from Hamas captivity, in exchange for all Palestinian women, elderly, sick, and men under 19. You know, keep the fighting age men there, and that'll be worked out later on. <clears throat> so that's phase one. Pretty solid first phase. Phase two would also see the beginnings uh, one, phase one would also see the beginnings of an Israeli withdrawal from Gaza, starting with the more populated areas of Gaza, and then the rebuilding of hospitals and refugee camps would be allowed to begin, uh, as aid would also be allowed to come back into the country. Phase two would see the extension of the ceasefire by another 45 days, uh, the release of all hostages, so that would include the, the, the fighting age men and other captives, 
held by both sides and a total withdrawal of Israeli forces from the Gaza Strip. And that's phase two. Well, again, an, an extension, a 45-day extension to the 45-day ceasefire. And then the third phase, with, uh, aside from a 45, another 45-day extension to the ceasefire, a final 45 days, um, the third phase is more ceremonial than the, the first two phases as the dead and the remains of the dead are what would be exchanged this time in, instead of people, um, well, the living, I suppose. So this would be a more ceremonial and honorary phase where you honor the dead and you respect the dead by allowing the fallen to return to their families so their families can bury them. The dead and the remains of the dead, you know. Now notice, notice, because this is important, a cessation of hostilities was not included in this proposed arrangement. Not, not included. So, we can take that a number of different ways. Maybe this was Hamas offering a deal, you know, that would, that would have been potentially acceptable for Israel to agree to. We could take it that way. Or, conversely, we could go the other way and go, look, they don't actually want peace. They just they they want a uh, they don't want a cessation of hostilities. They just want a moment to rest and get and gather their forces so they can attack again. We could we could say that, and it might be true, right? It might be true. But either way, we take it. However, we take it. This will have, in my view, the impact of adding to the list of peace proposals that Israel has rejected. We're adding to the list. And that's going to have diplomatic consequences later on, because remember, in the background of all this, you have South Africa with the genocide trial, and for every peace that the Israelis say no to, that's just going to be one more, uh, you know, straw on the camel's back in the, the jury of public opinion, which is going on in the UN right now. Every time they say no to a peace deal, that gives validation to the case that South Africa is making, well, oh my God, the Israelis, they, they keep getting peace offerings from the others, from the Palestinians, and they just keep saying no. And they just keep, and, and just keep killing all these civilians. They refuse to make peace so they can kill more civilians. Oh my God, may, maybe they are committing genocide. All that's happening in the background right now. Right? All that is happening right now in the background, and Israel's doing themselves no favor by refusing this peace. Now, it, it could be that you know, Hamas is, uh, they, they really are just doing this to buy themselves some time and regroup and get their forces together so they can attack again. Or perhaps, maybe, it's, uh, again, going back to that first idea that this they're trying to, they're trying to offer a way out of this that is politically acceptable for Israel. Because if you look at it from that perspective, it's, look, we're, we're offering the people, we're the ones suing for peace. We're coming to you instead of asking Israel to come to Palestine for peace, which would be politically unacceptable for Israel, it's the Palestinians going to Israel for peace and saying, look, we're, we're throwing in the towel. We, we give up. We give in. We've been bombed to smithereens. Please, just, just pull the troops back, right? Just pull the troops back. Get out of Gaza. We don't want you in Gaza. And here, at, we can do this in phases, right? We, we, you don't trust us. We don't trust you. We can do this in phases, right? 
40 with a 45 day ceasefire attached to each phase right you will we'll exchange the women and children first and the sick and the elderly first phase one phase two will exchange the men and phase three we exchange the dead you know that that that'd be a 135 day ceasefire if if we got through all three phases 135 days that's like four and a half months four and a half months that's pretty good and and again all things considered all things considered this is a pretty decent proposal like because remember this isn't a final draft so it's it's just a, a for a stepping stone to get to peace because you can have a, a peace treaty signed on the other side of that or a, a real formal armistice and end of the conflict afterwards this is more so let's end the fighting for now you can build off of that later <clears throat> and i'm pretty sure if the, the palestinians asked for a, a a full cessation of hostilities like a real armistice the the israelis would have said no immediately they wouldn't have even had the chance but by doing it this way you can at least end the killing right and then you can let the diplomats take over after the fact so for a stepping stone for a, a sort of preliminary draft because it's not final uh, let alone an armistice th this proposal is pretty solid it's a pretty good proposal and again while all this goes down the uh, the death tally is rising and as of now more than 27,700 Palestinians have been killed and at least and these are the numbers that I was sort of curious about over the course of this war uh, which is the wounded because we've only been really counting the deaths so 27, almost 28,000 Palestinians are dead. But this number that I've seen go with that is that 65,000 at least have been injured. 65,000, 28,000, 65,000 injured, 28,000 dead. That is, if my math serves me correctly, 92,000 deaths. Well, no, not deaths. Well, that that is that my math certainly wouldn't be serving me correctly if I said that. But 92,000 casualties. 92,000 casualties. With two injured, roughly two injured for every one death in Gaza. And overwhelming like not even worth debating majorities are a civilian like israel's just not even trying all this and with that going on in the background the genocide case going on in the background every death and every refused peace deal every rejected peace deal is only going to make the case for the south africans that israel is not actually out to fight hamas they're just out for blood and again, by rejecting these sensible peace deals, like tell me where this this deal is not sensible as a as a starter, as a as a means of opening the dialogue for potentially a lasting peace, but at the very least, you know, stopping the fighting now.
tell me how this deal is unreasonable. What did the Palestinians ask for in this one that is unreasonable? Now, we could we could look back and go, oh, they're, they're just... Again, you can take this a number of ways. They didn't want uh, an actual end to the conflict. Whether they just want to regat, regroup and regather their forces, fair. That's a fair way to look at, right? I'm I'm not saying that they're not, because I don't know that. They they very well could be. But if we're looking at means of ending the fighting, if we're looking at means of uh, uh, realistic means at that, of coming to some sort of agreement where we stop the killing. And Israel's able to walk out of this with some kind of victory. Uh, and again, if both both sides are going to paint this as a victory if they can get it. But Israel's the important one because they're in the driver's seat of this. They're the ones who are doing the bombing. They're the ones who are killing the civilians. And Hamas is on the defense. So, in what way is this unacceptable to the Israelis? In what way is this unacceptable to the Israelis? In what way is this unreasonable? Because those are very two different questions. In what way is it unacceptable? And in what way is it an unreasonable list of things to ask for? Because I'm not seeing it. Now, maybe it's just because my bias has shifted a little bit. My position hasn't. I still don't think that this has anything to do with America and we shouldn't be funding Israel's war machine. And if we weren't, this would probably be over by now to be straight up with you, you know, just all the wonderful things that America behaving like a sovereign country, uh, could do for the entire world. But I am not seeing how this is unreasonable. I just don't see it. But the Israelis do, or at the very least Netanyahu sees it as unreasonable, and that's more important than the opinions of some guy in the United States doing a podcast. But I think, I, I, I think it's a missed opportunity. I really do think it's a missed opportunity. Just like I, I thought that the last deal he refused was a missed opportunity, I think he's missing opportunities, and all these missed opportunities for peace are going to bite him in the ass in the very end. And like I keep warning, like I keep saying might happen, it might cost the Israelis their statehood. And there might not be an Israel on the other side of this conflict. But we will see. We will see.